we, we do need to uh, battle health and get well again. It's 29 minutes past eight here on the evening show on the ABC. Brian Nankervis, but I'm joined for tonight's version of Ritz and Cures by Melbourne GP Vyom Sharma, who's running the show to a, a large degree, and also uh, Dr Kate Grigorovich, who's just put out a book called Staying Alive. What about the idea of... Um, oh, no, I wanted to ask... Is it too late to start exercising? Like, you know, is it, is it ever too late? Like if you're 75 and you haven't really done much, it's not too late to start. If you're 75 and you're otherwise in reasonably good health, it's not too late to start. And there's been studies even of people in residential care and they get benefit. And the flip side of that, it's not too early either. Yes, right. This is a, it's interesting we're talking so much about the physical aspects and um, I'm glad we are. But one of the other themes that I see right in your book is, is about the, the psychological uh, aspects of health when you're ageing, particularly, I guess, brain function, cognitive uh, function can decline quite a bit. Um, uh, I mentioned this because one of the interesting things you mentioned in the book was that in terms of improving our cognitive functioning, there may be apps and all kinds of mental exercise suggested, but it seems like physical exercise can be very good for that as well. Can you speak a bit about how, how that can actually be? Yeah, I'm not terribly convinced that there's evidence that the brain training apps are particularly useful, hmm. but there's a lot of evidence about involving about cognitive challenge in other ways. And so the fitness stuff is really interesting, and they know that people who are fitter have better cognitive function, studies they've done following people in their 70s for many years. Uh, but cognitive function as well, you know, it's a multidimensional thing and it's one of these things like a muscle, it's use it or lose it. And so finding ways to engage in everyday life, whether that's learning a language, whether that's learning some new dance steps, even socialising can actually be a cognitive challenge if you think about the complexities of a dinner table conversation. So there's ways to, there's so many ways to put this in your life. Of course, the trouble is though, you throw in some other factors, um, I'm currently dealing with a, a very, very dear member of our family who's struggling with dementia at the moment. And so a, as much as he would like to exercise and to look after the physical side of his body, the brain is just not helping because it's he's not remembering or he's not putting together the right uh, cues to exercise. So that's a whole other added issue. It's a complicating factor, isn't it? Yeah, it certainly is. And I guess there's a general sort of healthy ageing advice, but then when people have actually got established disease, sometimes things do differ. And some of the things that can be protective in dementia, so things like having structure, having regular activities, some of that was lost last year, and that was to great detriment for a number of people. But it is certainly very difficult, and people often need a great degree of one-on-one support. And when we're talking about things as complex and perhaps even kind of intractable as, as Alzheimer's, as we mentioned, then so much of the game as we learn in terms of staying well uh, as we grow older is a preventative one. Uh, we're trying to save off the things that, that could happen. And uh, this is something I think I find a little bit tricky, both personally and as a GP, I suppose. It's, it's one of the toughest things you can do, which is uh, somehow convince people to invest Put in the investment today of 30 push-ups, 
or uh, intermittent fasting for 16 hours, and maybe 20 years from now, you'll have very strong bones and lovely skin. And uh, this is you know, very much a personal failing. Every time I'm encountered with a choice between you know, salad versus Nutella, um, yeah, I guess my question is, yeah, at that time, because so much of the cultural kind of view on, on growing uh, older is this kind of futility of, oh, well, you know, it's, you know, we're growing old, I can't expect to be much better. How do you as a geriatrician perhaps go about motivating people to, to make that, I guess, that investment, so to speak? How do you approach this with patients? I guess a lot of my patients are more concerned with the present. You know, if you've already lived 90 years how you're going to spend your day becomes really important because you're so conscious there's not that many more days left. But I guess as well, you know, this is really one of the central themes of the book and a lot of why I started writing it because I was trying to address this question for myself as well. And it is how we – there's so much evidence about the impact of lifestyle and longevity. But I think, you know, especially as a doctor, I'm really aware that there's no 100% guarantees. And I don't practice fasting or anything because life's too short to not – eat for yes. days. I like my food too much. But I, know, I think where I come back to it is I sort of apply a salutogenic framework, which is a really nice approach to health. So rather than seeing health as the absence of disease by avoiding risk factors, seeing health as something really valuable in its own, seeing health as being able to engage in life, to spend time with people you love, to look at new ideas, and to create this by adding in more good things. And so I try and add in things that I enjoy. And there's so many of these things which do enhance your life. So one thing like getting a good night's sleep and making that a priority, yes, it decreases the longer-term risk of dementia, but it will give you a better day. Of course. Uh, A great text has come through from a pharmacy student interested in working in the area. Can your guest make suggestions about how to get into geronology? Have I got that? Geriontology. Geriontology, thank you. Yeah, um, great question. I'm not sure if she means turning, becoming a medical specialist geriatrician or working with older adults. If it's generally becoming a pharmacist specialist for older adults, there's plenty of opportunities with that. Polypharmacy or mm. taking too many medications is a huge and difficult yeah. issue. And as so being a geriatrician, it's a medical specialty, and you do your medical school, then your physician training. So it's, it's ultimately a choice that you make after you've graduated or after you've done a, 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 you got your degree. Yeah, that's right. We all make, do the same medical degree to become doctors and then we specialise in different areas. Yep. And one more, we've got a photo here of your book, Love Kate's book. I actually bought two, by mistake, uh, comma, not Alzheimer's. Angela in, in the <laughs> Thank, oh, you, thank you, Angela. Angela. <laughs> and the book is widely available. Yes, it is. Beautiful. Well, Vyom, if you would like to uh, wrap it up with one final question for Kate. Do you know, I, I, there was one other thing that really struck me about the book, which I thought was so positive, and I'm so afraid this is going to be a, a comment, not a question, <laughs> but I'll, try, I'll do my best to turn it into one, which is this whole concept of purpose, living especially your older years, with a certain purpose. And you spoke about how having that purpose can almost reinforce living healthier because you've, you've kind of got a, you've got a reason to, I, I suppose. And is this something you, you've observed in patients? Is that something you actually try to instill? You know, is this something that's a challenge in, in aged care? Like, how do, you, how do we go about that? I think that purpose, and, you know, this comes back to with health, that 
human health is not just physical. You know, humans have this incredible ability to create and to think about things beyond our immediate survival. And I think it's almost beyond an ability to a need. And if you don't feel like your life matters, if you don't feel like things are important, it can be hard to make positive lifestyle changes. And there's also evidence that having a sense of purpose in and of itself is protective of your cognitive function and your physical health. And it's something that you do have to put a bit of work into because it changes with life stages. You know, when someone retires, their life, their purpose might change. When someone's kids grow up, their purpose might change. Mm. But there's always ways to try and integrate it and to try and feel like your life matters. And I think it's just as important mm. as doing the physical sides of things. Oh, I think the, the physical side of things is just so important. We had another text uh, from, I think it's Angela again. It might be the same Angela who bought two copies of your book. Uh, totally agree. Just back from the gym, pushing and pulling at 53 with osteopenia. It is harder, I notice, from a decade ago. I've been doing uh, Pilates for yeah. the last five, maybe six years, and I, I know it's a cliche, but I can say it's changed my life. It's changed my posture. It's changed my level of fitness. I don't seem to have the back pain. I don't have the fatigue that I once had, and I walk out of that class, and I just feel like I'm, I'm stretched, I'm challenged and, and the Pilates thing can be sometimes quite complicated where you've got one leg going one way, you've mm. got the arm moving the strap over this shoulder, you've got the left leg it's doing It's just that. challenging to your brain, let alone it, your body, isn't it's it? It's so challenging, but it's just fantastic. It's great. And you go through those ruts sometimes when you're, you're out of your exercise cycle and then after a while you, you get back to it and you do your first workout and you go, why did I ever stop? Yeah. You feel so good. Yeah. So I think it really ties into that thing Kate was talking about was living well for today. Might take a little bit of effort to do so, but you'll get the dividends today, not just 20 years from now. Absolutely. Absolutely. Wonderful. Guys, thank you so much for being part of uh, Ritz and Cures. Uh, Fiom Sharma, Melbourne GP. And Dr. Kate, the book, as I say, it is available. Are there any particular areas that people could go to yeah it's widely available excellent let's just let's call them bookshops bookshops shall we let's do that i remember those (laughs) (laughs) 21 minutes before nine uh, we've got uh, young melbourne 